So here we go. Uh, here's what's true. Why does Jesus say, come follow me? It's because he loves you so much. And he wants to live every single moment of your existence with him. And we know this about the human heart. Our human hearts are so bent away from God. They're so bent towards here. We love to do what we want to do, what we think is best. And so really Jesus came to save us from those hearts so that he could give us a new heart that would actually now love God and want to follow him. So Jesus said, this is eternal life, you guys. It's not just going to heaven. Eternal life is knowing me. And, and I say this all the time. The only way you actually know God, you can learn about God and never know him. Okay, you can have a lot of head knowledge. You can go to church and get knowledge up here and actually never know him. The only way you actually know him intimately and personally, like a relationship with somebody, is you got to take what you know and then you actually have to walk with him. <laughs> you actually have to follow him and then you experience him. And guess what? When you follow him, now his love and his joy and his peace and all that he is becomes your love and your joy and your peace. It's so cool. So here we are. We're starting this series, Launch. Because once we've decided, okay, I want to do this. I actually want to join the adventure of following Jesus Christ. I'm going to dive in. In this series, we're going to give you four things that if you'll actually take these and apply them into your life, they literally have the opportunity and the power to launch you in this relationship, okay? So some of you feel like, man, I feel like I've just been spinning my wheels. I, I feel like I'm dry. I feel like there's nothing fresh. I feel like I haven't grown at all spiritually. Man, this month is for you, okay? How can you get catapulted into your relationship with God? Well, I don't know about you, but the first, as soon as I, we came up with this series and launched, I had one image in my mind. Okay? And that is a blob. How many of you know what a blob is? All right. How many of you have no idea what a blob is? All right. Half and half. Okay. So a, a blob, right, is this big, huge, inflatable thing. It's taller than I am, and it goes like from me all the way to the seats. And it's just an inflatable tube that you put out in the water. And what you do is you stick somebody on the end, right, and they sit and they wait, and then somebody else jumps off a high dive on the other end, and it boom, and the other person goes flying into the water. So, no, 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 don't show it. <laughs> All right, so I have a story. And so, uh, so back in Detroit, at Kensington, uh, the church I was at, we had a staff retreat one time. And there was this little dude, his name was Cody Wilson. Uh, Dave, you guys all know Dave and Ann Wilson? Remember the guys who come into our marriage stuff for us? It's actually his, his kid. And Cody had no fear. I mean, this little dude was so reckless and, and just strong. I mean, he eventually went to play football for Central Michigan and, and, and actually had a stint with the Lions. I mean, he's a, he's a tough dude. But he was eight years old, and he was about this big. And we stuck him on the end of the blob, and we had a guy who weighed over 250 pounds get on the high dive. And he went down, and he hit that thing, and Cody went... I mean, he, I mean, all of us were like, oh, no. He hit the water, and Dave went flying in to rescue him. And that is, that is about what it looked like right there. That was it, at least that high. Right there, you guys, that's what it's like to follow Jesus, right? That's the adventure with God. But, but here's what we know. When you actually start following Jesus, right, when you actually have experiencing this, it can be super freaky, and sometimes it looks more like this right? <laughs> I mean, you know, he, he, he's coming, he's moving you, and you're like, ah! 
and everything feels out of control and is scary. But here's what we know. If you keep walking with him and you get used to the power of God and you follow him, next thing you know, man, you can start looking like this. Ah, right? <laughs> and it, and, but it's the truth. And here's what I want to let you know. What happens when a 250-pound man comes down the power that launched Cody off right, is nothing compared to what God is. Listen to what he's saying. The same spirit that rose Jesus Christ from the dead, I will put in you. There is a power, he says, incomparably great power for those who what? Who believe. So, we actually have a chance to live a life that is so far beyond anything that any of us are experiencing. I don't care how long you've walked with him. There's so always so much more with Christ. And this is his will for you. His will for you is that you would be launched in the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So what we're going to look at today is what will launch you forward in growth. Okay? So what's it take for things to grow? I looked up on the internet. What's it take for a plant to grow? Water, light, and nutrients. Actually, nutrients is like the first thing that comes. You've got to have nutrients. So then you look up, what's it take for a body to grow? It's nutrients. What's nutrition? The process of obtaining the food necessary for health and growth. And everything's about nutrition today, right? Because what's a nutrient? It's a substance that provides nourishment essential for growth and the maintenance of life. Right? So if you're not getting nutrition, if you're not getting nutrients, you don't grow. Your body doesn't grow. So it's so interesting. God is so fascinating, right, in his creation of us. So when we have a newborn baby and the mother at the same time now has milk to feed the baby. And breast milk contains water, fat, carbohydrates, protein, vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and white blood cells to fight off diseases. Isn't that fascinating? So right off the bat, a baby goes, I need to grow. And so God goes, I'm going to give you superfood. I'm going to give you everything you need. And the mother literally possesses everything the baby needs, but the baby has to drink it in, has to eat it. You got to get it in. And then if you do, you grow. And so 1 Peter 2 says this, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. Apparently, right? He knows there's nutrition in milk. There are spiritual nutrients that you can crave so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good. There is something God's saying that I can give you that will launch your growth. And we all know this, right? Health today, right? So most of us, you know, you start off January and you're like, I'm going to be healthy. And now you're already blown it, right? <laughs> but what you knew you needed to do were two things. Just two things. I don't care what diet you're doing or what exercise. Two things. You got to eat right and, and exercise. You, you got to put the right stuff in and then you actually have to use what came in. You have to exercise it out. And I think that's why the Bible says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. The only thing that counts is believing rightly. And then taking what you believe, what you receive, 
and then expressing it in love. So here's a question for today. How do we eat right spiritually? How do we launch ourselves into growth so that we can better follow Jesus? Because every time you follow him, you will live. So how do we obtain spiritual food? Matthew 4 says this. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word spoken from the mouth of God is your spiritual nutrition. It is what you must receive and hear. And I'll explain to you why as we keep going on. But let's just put this, can I tell you, here's what the Bible's saying. Then, if that's true, and hopefully you'll see this today, then crave it. <laughs> Seek it. Pursue it. Receive it. Devour it. Right? And I tell you, one of the hardest things for us to do is to spend any time <laughs> with God's Word. But we'll get to that. Then, once you receive it, though, you have to do what? You have to exercise it. You can't just hear it, right? Don't just be a hearer of the Word, but a doer. Because if you just eat and never move, that's not going to do much for you. So Jesus says, follow me. And when he says, follow me, you guys, he's not like saying, hey, do whatever you want, but then follow me. No, follow me always meant live like me. Take everything I say, learn how to say it. Everything I think, think the same way. Everything that I do, do it. Come and actually be like me. And what is Jesus? If he says, follow me, what is Jesus? He's God. And what is God? God is please love. What's the greatest command, Jesus? Love. Love. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything, everything else in the Bible somehow is about loving God and loving others. Everything. It's all about love. And so if I'm going to follow Jesus, then what's going to happen is I'm going to be a better lover. I am going to actually know what love is, and I'm going to be really good at it. And here's what's important, though. He said this. You only love because you were first loved. We love because he first loved us. So we got to know what this love is. We got to know his love for us, and then we got to exercise it. So here's what's Philippians. I'm in the book of Philippians right now in my own personal time in the morning because I'm trying to devour the word of God. I want to live. Anybody else want to live? Okay, six of us. That's awesome. So, but if you really want to live, man, it's like then eat. Eat some good food. So every morning, right, hopping up in the morning, here's Philippians 1.9, says this, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more. How's that sound? Anybody want some love? And what that word means, it means pouring over. It means it can't be contained. How, how, much, how many of you would like love in your heart like that? Okay, how many of you would like your spouse to have love like that? Right? Okay, okay so here's, here's, here's what he says. It's so interesting. Um, abounding, pouring over, right? Can't be contained. If an average guy walks into the gym, every time you walk into a gym, there's always some guy there, right? Whose muscles can't be contained. <laughs> They're just pouring over, <laughs> abounding more and more, right? And, and literally, you can walk in sometimes and you just go, I had no idea a body could be like that. <laughs> That's what a human body can actually be. How many of you guys ever saw the movie Australia? Anybody see the movie Australia? 
All right, like, wow, like three of you? You guys know Hugh Jackman, though? You guys know Hugh Jackman? Well, Hugh Jackman's in, in Australia, and there's a scene. He's out in the outback, right, and he's all dusty, and he's dirty, and then he finally needs to take a shower, but he has to do it outside, and so they pour the water down. Slow motion, the water comes off as he rips off his shirt, and it comes off, and you're watching this movie, and I'm like, wow. Yes, yes, that is a body. And all the women are going, Yes, yes, that's the body. And all of us husbands are going, sorry, honey, you know. But, but here's what we know. How does Hugh Jackman get a body like that? Because he eats whatever he wants, whenever he wants, anytime he wants, right? And then he sits on the couch and watches the Super Bowl. No, the only way that a person literally has a body that can be everything it can be is they eat right and they exercise their body. And I want to tell you, man, I, I know some people right now, last year, they took this seriously. And I have friends who've lost like 40, 50 pounds. Now, I want to tell you what, man. Right? Well, the cool thing is, I, I, was, I was just with one of them this week, and they're like, nothing fits, right? I mean, they walk in the room, and instantly you just go, man, you look great. What happened, right? Here's what Jesus is saying. What can happen to the physical body can happen to your soul. You, this year, could eat the right thing and exercise it. And you'll walk into a room and people who have known you their whole life will look at you and go, what happened to you? Wow. You look absolutely different. And it will be love that's in your soul. So this is my prayer. Isn't it cool that God, and here's, you can know this is God's will because this is my prayer, that your love would abound more and more. In knowledge, then he goes on, in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness. In other words, filled with everything that's just right. It's just going to come out of you. And it comes through Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is going to, you eat the word. What is Jesus? He is the word. You, you, he literally, you can spiritually take him inside of you. And then through Jesus Christ, he can fill you to do that to the glory and praise of God. So Jesus, right when he walked the earth, he was the image of the invisible God. So he was loved. So he knew what love was. So he had this ability, this discernment to be able to tell what was right. And then because of that, he loved everybody around him. And so what happened? People were healed. Outcasts were welcomed in. People were loved. He literally changed the world. And now here, and this, and this is what he's saying. You, follow me. Follow me. And I will make you like me. My joy will be your joy. My peace will be your peace. And my love will be your love. Come on, man. Anybody want this? You can be literally launched into this. And, and, and here we are. So many of us was like, I hate church. I think Jesus does too sometimes. Because <laughs> he thought, I didn't, I didn't ask you to go to church. I asked you to follow me. Come on, man. Don't mistake in coming to church as following Jesus. Following Jesus is the only thing that's actually going to change your life. That's faith, expressing it through love. 
But we come here, why? Because the word is going to be given and you're going to have a chance to eat it, to digest it, to get it into your system and then walk out of here and actually do it. All right? Now check this out. Hebrews 4 says this about the word of God. It says it's alive and active. So when God speaks, it's living. And he says it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So the writer of Hebrews, he's saying, man, what's the best illustration I can use? Oh, man, people, my people know a double-edged sword is the sharpest. It can go right in. So what is he saying about God's word? God's word penetrates into the deepest part. That's the other thing he goes, right? Dividing soul and spirit. He's going, it goes into the deepest part of you who you are. The part that you don't even know. It goes beyond your conscious self into the deepest part of your being. It goes into that part of you that goes, right? All of us have this, I don't know, why do, why do I think these things? Why do I do these things? What's going on with me? And we all, how many of you go to counseling? Anybody go to counseling? Oh, come on, I go to counseling. Don't be ashamed. Seriously, if there's only six of you who go to counseling, get your act together. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not even joking, man. Don't be ashamed. Sorry for spitting on you. Don't, don't be ashamed. That is so dark to say, well, I ought to have my act together. I can't confess and admit that everything's falling apart. You're freaking human. Seriously, don't be ashamed. And what happens is you go to a counselor and they ask you, and I went, the first time I went, or not the first, but one of my main, I went for two weeks straight every day because my love quotient was shrinking and I didn't know why. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be conformed into the image of Christ with more and more likeness, and I'm looking less and less like him every day. And I don't know why. So you go, and you find somebody who can lead you to God's word, and God's word goes right into the soul. And then what's it say it does? And then it divides. See, when God's word comes, when he speaks to you, he will say, hey, that's your thought, and this is my thought. It's the only thing, because you're in here jumbled up. It's like, oh, I don't know what I think. God goes, I know the truth. So let me make a judgment. He, right? he divides and then he makes a judgment. This is a lie from the pit of hell that you actually think is true about yourself. And this is the truth of who you are. This are these are dark thoughts that are seeking to destroy you. They're paralyzing you. They're causing you to be negative towards yourself and everybody around you. And here's my truth. This is the light. That's what God's word does. And we're going, well, I don't want to spend any time with God's word. Why would I want to know that? Why would I want the living God to come and speak and show me what is dark inside of me and what is light? Man, we got to eat, all right? So I want to tell you, man, last weekend was huge for me, right? And all of us guys who came here for the, for, for the men's weekend. So Jamie's talking about identity. It's a big deal of his. Why? Because... All of us live out of our identity. In other words, what you believe to be true about yourself is how you end up living. <laughs> okay? And it, it was crazy. So the first thing Jamie does, right, is he takes us through this exercise and he just has us close our eyes and he goes, okay, first thing I want you to do is I want you to write down your false identity. False identity. I want you to think about everything that you hear inside your head that's negative, that's dark, that's, that's, that's you know, that's not who you are. And it's amazing. You know what happens? People just, as soon as he said that, everybody's like, it takes no faith to believe those things. 
And I want to tell you, man, I sat there and I listened to the guys at my table share what they think about themselves. And so that night at our Life Together group, I said, we did the whole thing. We did it with all, everybody. And I want to tell you, it's just crazy. You look at these people and you go, you're, you're so cool. You're so amazing. You're so, you're beautiful. And every person, successful people, people you would never, every person had no problem coming up with like four or five things. And I did too, right? Immediately, minor, no one likes me. You're a failure. You're a loser. You're not good enough. Right? And everybody else has got the same thing. And when I thought about that, I thought, who's going to walk in here today? You are. There are a couple of you who are just rare. The other 99.9% .9 of us, every day, you feel like you're a loser. You feel like you're not good enough. You fear everybody's rejection. You're not pretty enough. You'll never be what somebody needs you to be to actually want you. You're not successful enough. You're not smart enough. You're not this enough. It's like, you, and you live with this. Now think about this. If that's the tape that you hear every day in your life, and then you go and you try to live. See, now you know what you do? You try to love people. Right? You're trying in your marriage. I'm, I'm trying to love my kids. I'm trying to love my mom and dad. I'm trying. But I tell you what, if you think you're not worth a pile of crap, and then you try to love. You can't do it. You can try. You can try. And then you know what else? And Jesus says, come follow me. And you're like, I can't follow him. Every time I try to screw up, right? And then what are the voices? There's no way God could love you. There's no way he can forgive you. Look at you. You're a joke. You say you, say you follow Jesus. Anybody else hear these voices in your head? I know you do. I know you. You know why? Because Jesus said there's an enemy and he's the father of lies and he speaks his native language. And this is where all spiritual battle takes place is right here. Because if he can get you to think about that about yourself, that you're not loved, that you're not precious, if that's what you are, then that's what you'll start treating everybody around you no matter how hard you try. That's like me trying to lift 250 pounds right now. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> spot, spot, right? That'd be, that'd be like me trying to run a marathon right now, even though I haven't run in the last two years. I could go try. Ain't going to happen. I'm going to try and love better. I'm going to try and follow Jesus. You will never do it until you believe in your heart that he loves you. Everything changes. The truth is, if these negative thoughts is, is what we're eating, bringing in, if it's what we're chewing on, if it's what you think about, you lay in bed, you, you, you're down and you're eating a ton of stuff that's mine, I eat, you grab another beer, flick on the computer, <laughs> let's just look at stuff I don't even want to look at. Why? Because I feel so crappy about myself. Oh, now I can live with shame. Now I got shame. That's even better. <laughs> okay, honey's home, I got to love. Oh, God, I can't love you. Can't do it. I tell you, man, so what do you do? What do you do? You live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And why this is so important is because God's word is alive and active. And so he is the only one who can actually, when he speaks, his word is always truth. 
So all these false things, all these lies that are inhibiting, that's actually what's inhibiting you. You guys, porn is not your problem, okay? Alcohol is not your problem. Relational failures are not your problem. The problem is deeper than that. Those are just the symptoms of the deeper problem. The deeper problem is you don't know who you are. You are totally lied to and you're messed up. So eat. Eat the right stuff. Get it inside your system. And there's two ways. Here's the first. You got to live, okay, two ways. You got to live on every word that comes from God in Scripture, okay? So 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all Scripture, everything in the Bible is God-breathed, okay? So what does that mean? That means God actually breathed his life. Like, oh, the word actually means life. You breathe life out. And God is saying, my word is living and active. It actually will breathe life into you. So, and since God's eternal, when he spoke a word, okay, because he's outside of time, that means it was true 2,000 years ago. It's true now. God can use his word to do what? To teach us, to rebuke us, to correct us, and to train us in righteousness. In other words, in what's actually right. <laughs> Instead of everything wrong that we think about ourselves. Why? So that the servant of God or the follower of Jesus can actually be thoroughly equipped to have to do everything that's good. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't have time to read the Bible. Okay, so our love needs to be abounding more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Guys, can I just tell you, here's where we struggle. We actually think we know what God's love is like, but we don't. Because we actually place how our dad loved us or how our mom loved us or how our girlfriend loved us or our what. We think, okay, that's what love is, so that's how God loves me. No! God's love is so far beyond that. So we actually think we're following Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, actually you're not. Because what you think is love is not love. But here's the problem. You don't know what love is because you have never let my word reveal what it is. Do you guys, is this making sense? So we think, well, man, I'm following Jesus, but nothing's happening. It's because you're actually really not. You're following your idea of Jesus. You're following your idea of what love is. But it's not. Can I give you a few examples? Okay where you will never come up with this on your own. Write these down because they're not going to be on the screen. But Romans chapter 5, starting with verse 5 through verse 8. says, God has poured his love inside your heart through the Holy Spirit. Sweet. What's it look like? He goes, I love powerless, ungodly sinners. What? Now think about this for a second. There's no human being who loves people who don't do anything. Right? We love people who do stuff. Man, you do that? Hey, you're cool. I love you. And then, talk about, let me do some marriage counseling for you all, right? You come to my office, and now that person doesn't do that anymore, so what did you do? You pulled your love away. Because <laughs> you don't do that. You're, not, you're now powerless. And God says, at just the right time when you're powerless, that's when I love you. Where in the world are you ever going to know that? Unless you got into his word. And let you let his word come in, and you go, hey, that's the love of God. And then, when you're ungodly... <laughs> And when you're, let me just, let me demonstrate my love for you. Here's the standard, right? And you keep falling short. This is human relationships. As long as you're here, I'm good. I'll love you. But as soon as you come up short, as soon as you're not who I need you to be anymore, then human love always pulls their love away. And God goes, okay, just so you know, I will never ever do that to you. But we all think God does. How many of you think God pulls your, his love away from you? Oh, are you guys so freaking righteous? I, I do. I struggle with this all the time. You know why? Because that's what I experience with humans all the time. So then I think that's what God's love is like. And God goes, no, you've got to get in my word then, Dave. Because what my word says is, while you're still sinning, I die for you. Wow. What? 
So you got to know that. Here's, here's another one. Sometimes when life is really, really hard, okay, and struggles are happening, and I'm full of fear, you know what I think? I think God's against me. I think he's against me. Anybody else? Okay, so now you're struggling. So, I, mean, I, thought, I, thought, I thought I must have done something wrong and I've lost God's favor and he's not for me anymore. Okay, what you need, those are so screwed up thoughts. That's not my love. Can I show you what my love is like? Hebrews chapter 12, okay, go look at it later. He just says, you guys, you forgot the promise that's given to you. That God loves, those he loves, he actually disciplines. And discipline, endure hardship is discipline. So now all of a sudden you go in the Bible, you go, oh, you mean when something hard is coming against me, I can actually, that's actually God like working in me to help me become who he wants me to be. It's like a really good coach, right? Tom Landry, a good coach makes you do what you don't want to do so you'll become who you want to be. If you ever had a good coach, you hated him, right? Because you were puking at the end of practice and you were in pain, I can't even lift my arms. Why? Because he believed in you. That's God's love. You would never know that if you didn't read the Bible. And then he has this crazy thing. So you love everybody who's like you? So what? People who don't believe in me love their friends. You think there's anything special about that? You'll get no reward for that. Oh, you, you greet everybody who's, who's like you. You hang out with the people who in the same economic status. He goes, that's not my love. People, people who don't know me at all love to hang out with people who are like them. If that's all you do, you don't know my love. See, this is, I could go on all year. How do you know God's love? You got to abound more and more in his love. And I'm going to tell you, once you get in there and you realize you love me when I'm powerless and ungodly and a sinner? You love me enough to allow, hold on guys, you love me enough to, to cause me to even suffer and experience pain? Because you know if I experience suffering, I'll actually grow? See, once you know that about God, now you can love powerless, ungodly sinners. It's amazing. So how do we get into his word? I'm gonna, we, got about, we got about 10 to 15 minutes left in the message. And I have one more thing I want to share with you, but here's what I want you to do. Inside your program, there's a little card, okay? And in that card is a scripture. If you don't have one, go ahead and raise your hand. Our connections team is ready to, to make sure that you have a card. You also need a pen, so just raise your hand if you need those, and our team will get those to you. I'm going to share with you something that you can do. Can I just ask you, can, let, me, let me ask you this. If you literally ate only one meal a week, <laughs> how would you be doing physically? You'd be emaciated, right? I mean, you'd just be, you would have nothing. And yet, spiritually, almost all of you eat one meal, not even every week. You literally hear God's word one time from a flawed dude, okay? And then you think, I'm going to be strong in the Lord. And I'm going to have what I need. And I'm going to be super spiritual. I tell you this, man. I think what Jesus would say is, if you don't eat every day, the reason you eat every day is because you need it to be healthy. So here's what I tell you what I do every day. And it's a super simple thing in here called soap. And I'm going to give you five minutes right now to actually practice this, okay? It's a passage in Philippians. <clears throat> it's a great passage of love. And I'm going to give you some time. All I want you to do is this. I want you to read. And while you read, there's only five verses. Pick one verse that kind of jumps out at you. And I want you to write it in the S. That's the scripture. That's the scripture of soap. You write down one verse. And then the O is all you do is simply write down what it means. What is this saying to me? 
what do I get out of this? What, what do I understand out of this? Okay, that's your O. And then the A is application. What are you actually going to do? And this is it, right? You got to exercise it. You can't just go, oh, that's cool. If you just eat and don't exercise. So how are you actually going to live it out? That's the application. And then the last thing you do is pray, okay? So go ahead and take, I'm going to give you about five minutes to actually experience hearing God's voice through his word, okay? So go ahead and do that, and then I'll come back up and finish the message. I just want to encourage you, man. So every, every day when I do this, the first thing, I, first thing I always do is I remind myself that God's word is living and active, okay? And I, and I, and I just pray, and I say, okay, God, I believe you can speak to me. No more music, thanks. So, so when, you, when you do this, you aren't actually trying to get God. See, as Westerns, when we study, th- we think we gotta st- I got to get God. The truth is, you need God to get you. Okay? Completely different mindset. God, what do you want me to know? And then you just pay attention as you read, and the Spirit will prompt you. And then you write that down, and then you do it. And what you receive, what you eat, don't just be a hearer of the word, do it. And I tell you what, man, you'll grow. It'll launch you in your walk with him. Now, here's the last thing I want to tell you, though, before we go. It's the only, the word uh, for years growing up in the church, when it says man lives on every word that comes from the mouth of God, I always used to think, well, that's, only, that's the Bible. And it is, right? I just taught you that. But it's not just the Bible. Here's what Jesus says. He goes, uh, Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Okay? So if you're really, a, right, if you're a Christian, he goes, you hear my voice. I'm like, really? well, where's Jesus now? Right? He rose from the dead and then the scriptures cannot be more. Here's the mystery. The mystery, Colossians chapter 1, the mystery is Christ in you. So he literally now, in, through the Holy Spirit, inside of you, the Spirit of Christ, he goes, you hear me. If you're actually my follower, my sheep know my voice, and then they follow me, right? They eat it, and then they go. So then he says this in John 16, he says, when he, when he the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. So again, if, you, if the Spirit, Holy Spirit, is inside of me, speaking, that means that's a word from God. 1 Corinthians 2 says, no one knows the thoughts inside of a man except the spirit inside of him. And we have the spirit of God so that we can actually know God's thoughts. So Jamie and Donna, when they teach us, they say, oh, how do I hear from God? It's the free flow of thought because that's what we can now know God's thoughts when you ask God a question. So let me just give you a couple examples and then we'll close. So about three weeks ago, <clears throat> I was just praying in the morning, and then out of the blue, this dude comes in my head. You know, I hadn't thought about him in a while, <laughs> and he's there, and he's, and, and so, so immediately, I'm like, I start praying for him, and then I know that he has a, a family member who's, who's really seriously going through a, a major illness, a debilitating illness, so then I started praying about that, and while I was praying for it, all of a sudden, an idea hit me, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, Jamie's going to be here, Jamie Winship's going to be here in a couple weeks. I thought, and I just felt like, ask Jamie to go meet with uh, this person's loved one. So, so what do I do? Okay, so, I'll, uh, and by the way, I was praying, right? I had my own things I'm praying about. The guy comes into my head. Where'd that come from? The Spirit will speak. 
So what I do, I text the guy, right? I said, hey, I was praying for you this morning. And or I wasn't praying for you. I was just praying this morning. And God totally laid you on my heart. You know, uh, how you doing? He texts back, wow, I'm really struggling. So we get together. What's he struggling about? This person's illness. So I said, hey, would you be open to Jamie Winship when he's here? Actually coming and meeting um, with your loved one. He's like, yeah. So I call Jamie up, tell him the situation. It's a very unique situation of illness. And I tell him, this is crazy. And Jamie goes, absolutely. He goes, we are dealing with the same thing right now with another person. Is that not crazy? So Jamie comes over, right? We're, we're packed. We can't even get to her house till like 10 o'clock on Friday night. But he, we go over there, he meets her. And now there's a commitment that he's actually going to come back just to help this, this person who's been debilitated for years. Now here, and why do I tell you that? Because we live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I want to tell you, man, he's speaking like that all the time, isn't he? Right? How many times do you get someone to come to your mind? Out of the blue. You, don't, you weren't thinking about him. But what do you do with that? Yeah. I miss so many of them because I'm too busy. I didn't think about it. Or the truth is I don't care. Let's just be honest. But if you receive it and then exercise it and then act on it, you know what happens? What happens? You live. But not only do you live, people around you start to live. Streams of living water, Jesus said, will flow from within you. And that's the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you, man, there's some living in 2018 for every one of you in this room who would actually sit and listen. And when he speaks, you do what he tells you to do. And you will see God's stuff start happening. Right? Here's the second last thing. So at the, at the conference, Jamie said, he said, um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about the negative emotion you, you've had this last week. And so I sat there and I thought, well, mine was shame. Because really, actually, what I was feeling was that I'm not good enough. You know, but that's actually what you think. I was thinking I'm not good enough. Do you guys know that? Do you know all your emotions actually come first with a thought? So you think, because where's the battle? Right here. So here I am, false identity. You suck, Nelson. You're not good enough. Okay, so that's what I'm feeling. So now I feel shame for that. And then he said, now go back and try to remember the first time you ever felt that emotion. So I closed my eyes and it, it shocked me. I hadn't thought about this in forever. My senior year, cap and gown, awards the ceremony. And I actually had a, I had a, it was a great day. I got the male, best senior male athlete. I got the John Philip Sousa Award for the best person in the band. You know, I was the president of the class. I was just this jerk, right? Uh, but I got, I got all these awards and I walk out and I walk. And then people are like, oh, Dave, congratulations. My dad didn't say one word to me. Not good job, son. Not proud of you. And my girlfriend of three and a half years said, I'd be embarrassed. So, what do I know? You can be the best, and it's never good enough. I'm not good enough. And so then he said, now here's what I want you to do. Go back to that memory and picture Jesus there. Picture Jesus in that memory. So I'm sitting in my cap and gown, and I get the awards, and I just started cracking up because Jesus was like in the front row going, yeah, <laughs> woo, right? I mean, what's, what's he doing? He's going, my God, you're being who I made you to be. Way to go. And I want to tell you, man, these last few days, it's been so different. Now, by the way, I've totally talked with my, I've reconciled with my dad about that. 
We had a great conversation and, and understood all that, but it didn't matter because the effects were still there, right? But what Jesus did is he's releasing me those from, a, from those effects because when the Spirit of God speaks, when God speaks and he says, I think you're awesome, Dave Nelson, then all of a sudden you can get rid of the lie that's been, because I, I tell you what, when you think you're not good enough, you know what happens? Either you try to prove yourself and you become a real jerk or you get super paralyzed in fear and you never do anything that you could fully be. And God goes, I want every one of you in this room. Do you know you're awesome? Do you know how beautiful you are? Do you know your identity? Or are you sitting there with this playlist all day long about you're not good enough, not pretty enough, not this enough? You're, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the Spirit of God is speaking because he loves you. God, what do you want me to know? What do you want me to know? And let him tell you. And then act on it. So the band's going to come up, and we got one last song. It's a beautiful song, great old hymn. It just says, Be Thou My Vision. Jesus, be thou my vision. Can I ask you, what are you fixated on? Are you fixated on a boss who's just treating you like crap? Are, are you fixated on an old member? Are you fixated on the person who broke up with you or who abandoned you? Are, are you fixated? Is your mind set on those things, on the negative lies? Are you just fixated on the culture that we can't, none of us can live up to? Or if you make Jesus your vision, if you fixate on him, then he can speak to you. And you'll live on every word that comes from him because it's true. It's life-giving. It'll set you free. It'll launch you. And you'll actually start following Jesus because he's the only one who actually really loves you. So let's stand together and let's sing it and then we'll close.